loving Father in heaven, glory, honor, praise, and adoration be unto your holy name. We thank you for the privilege of life which you have given to us. We thank you, Lord, for providing the basic necessities of life to sustain us. Now, dear Lord, as we go through your word and fellowship with you, we ask that you grant us graciously of your spirit and that you would give us intelligence and wisdom and knowledge from above to rightly divide the word of truth that your Holy Spirit shall impress on our hearts the truths that you want us to learn. I pray, Father, that you would consecrate me to your service. Put your words in my mouth and give me grace, Lord, to speak words of courage and blessing and hope to all those who listen. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, December 23 Keep your armor on And even to your old age I am he And even to her hairs will I carry you I have made and I will bear Even I will carry and will deliver you Isaiah chapter 46 verse 4 the history of John affords a striking illustration of the way in which God can use aged workers. When John was exiled to the Isle of Patmos, there were many who thought him to be past service, an old and broken reed, ready to fall at any time. But the Lord saw fit to use him still. Though banished from the scenes of his former labor, he did not cease to bear witness to the truth. Even in Patmos, he made friends and converts. His was a message of joy, proclaiming a risen Savior. The most tender regard should be cherished for those whose life interest has been bound up with the work of God. These aged workers have stood faithful amid storm and trial. They may have infirmities, but they still possess talents that qualify them to stand in their place in God's cause. Though worn and unable to bear the heavier burdens that younger men can and should carry, the counsel they can give is of the highest value. They may have made mistakes, but from their failures, they have learned to avoid errors and dangers, and are they not therefore competent to give wise counsel? They have borne test and trial, and though they have lost some of their vigor, the Lord does not lay them aside. He gives them special grace and wisdom. The Lord desires the younger laborers to gain wisdom strength and maturity by association with these faithful men. As those who have spent their lives in the service of Christ draw near to the close of their earthly ministry, they will be impressed by the Holy Spirit to recount the experiences they have had in connection with the work of God. 
the record of his wonderful dealings with his people, of his great goodness in delivering them from trial, should be repeated to those newly come to the faith. God desires the old and tried laborers to stand in their place, doing their part to save men and women from being swept downward by the mighty current of evil. He desires them to keep the armor on till he bids them lay it down. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Keep Your Armor On. Still looking at the life of John the Beloved, we want to learn one more lesson from him. The very fact that this man was old when he was kept in the Isle of Patmos and received the revelation of Jesus Christ at that time teaches us the lesson that even in the old age, God still uses people. The armor being referred to in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 6 reads thus: It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Amen. From here we learn that the armor for the Christian to fight his battles are not carnal weapons. The armor and the weaponry is not about iron shields and weapons of war like guns and nukes and missiles. No, we are talking about spiritual weapons here. But what are these weapons? In Ephesians 6 reading from verse 10, God makes us to understand what this is. It says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand, to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Amen. This is the war we are fighting. It is a warfare against spiritual wickedness. And the weapons used to fight this war are at no time to be dropped. No time is our zeal to flag or our efforts to seize. Old age is no reason to put off this armor. For even till the time we are old, Satan will not spare us. He will still tempt us to sin. If we have not been building characters that can stand the test, it is when we are old and weak 
that the devil will bring his temptations on us to overthrow us. We must therefore keep up a constant warfare against self. Reading from Ministry of Healing, page 452, paragraph 1 and 2, we are told, Wrongs cannot be righted, nor reformations in conduct be made by a few feeble intermittent efforts. Character building is the work, not of a day, nor of a year, but of a lifetime. What does that tell us? Since this is the work of a lifetime, that means till we are old, we will keep working. We will keep overcoming. We will keep fighting with this armor. So old age is no time to drop our armor. Going on in the reading, it says, The struggle for conquest over self, for holiness and heaven, is a lifelong struggle. Without continual effort and constant activity, there can be no advancement in the divine life, no attainment of the victor's crown. Amen. That's just paragraph 1. So what are we learning here? Since character building, which is actually the warfare that we are in, the the fight against self, is the work of a lifetime, it then follows that the Lord expects us not to relax when we are old in the ministry of healing page 453 paragraph 2 says the christian life is a battle and a march in this warfare there is no release so old age you are not going to be released unlike the war we fight in the earth there's a time of retirement there's a time when you are old and you said oh this person is too old let him lay down his armor but not so in the warfare that we are in here in this warfare there is no release the effort must be continuous and persevering it is by unceasing endeavor that we maintain the victory over the temptations of satan christian integrity must be sought with resistless energy and maintained with a resolute fixedness of purpose paragraph 4 says no one will be born upward without stern persevering effort in his own behalf all must engage in this warfare for themselves no one else can no one else can fight our battles individually we are responsible for the issues of the struggle though noah job and daniel were in the land they could deliver neither son nor daughter by their righteousness end of quote this is something that all who are aged are to experience we must not stop the activity must be constant the labor must be unceasing it must be continuous and persevering there is no time of release speaking of the apostle paul in his old age he could say reading from ministry of healing page 452 paragraph 4 it says the life of the apostle paul was a constant conflict with self he said i die daily first corinthians 15 verse 31 his will and his desires every day conflicted with duty and the will of god Instead of following inclination, he did God's will, however, crucifying to his nature. At the close of his life of conflict, looking back over its struggles and triumphs, he could say, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. End of quote. So, Paul said, I die daily. Part of the daily was even till his old age, even till he was old, his nature, his selfish nature, his the, the carnal part was still wrestling against him and he didn't drop his armor. Even till his old age, every morning, the zeal to do God's work is challenged by zeal, the, the desire for ease that comes from the flesh. But he will crucify his flesh every day and he will press on to do what God wants him to do. 
And as we see John the Beloved, an aged man, dropped in the Isle of Patmos, one may think there is nothing that can be expected from an old cargo. He's old. The Lord cannot use him anymore. But the very fact that the Lord did not reveal this vision to any other person, not to Timothy, not to Apollos, not to the other younger Christians that were coming up at the time, but to John, teaches us that the Lord has a work for the aged to do. He can use them for many works. And that's what we are studying today. John himself in his letter wrote in 1 John 2 verse 12 to 14, I write unto you little children because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. And then he said, I write unto you fathers because you have known him that is from the beginning. I write it unto you young men because you have overcome the wicked one. And then in verse 14 again he says, I write unto you fathers because you have known him that is from the beginning. From what you can see here, the people he is calling fathers are not young men, but they are aged people. This is what is expected from the age. He wrote to them, you have known him that is from the beginning. That through the long years of training with the lost battles and the victories won, the mistakes that have been made, the errors, the painful experiences, the discouragements that they have passed through, through all of that they would have come to have a fixed purpose and a character and then a knowledge of God that reveals itself in an indomitable, courageous and firm and fixed purpose to follow the Lord. John did not say to young men, you have known him, or to the little children, I write unto you because you have known him. He to the little children, I write unto you because your sins are forgiven you. Why? It's expected that as young people, teenagers, you will make mistakes. In the youth, there will be many errors made. It's expected. Young men, it's expected that you should have had firmness growing in you and the zeal and power, the that that is channeled to do the work of God but to the aged he says you have known him that is from the beginning this is not a stage for you to make mistakes anymore you should have made those mistakes when you were younger you should have made those mistakes when you were little but now that you are old you should come to a place where you know him and you should be an example to the youth they are not to excuse themselves that's the aged from temptations or make age an excuse for their fall too many times those who are old want to be excused oh that's how i am i get angry quickly i do this i do that and everybody's supposed to cope with the evil characters of those who are aged but not so that's not what it's supposed to be we are supposed to develop characters now that we are young sow the seed now and the old age will be the reaping time whatever we sow now we'll reap when we are old and we need to sow righteousness that will reap mercy when we are older reading concerning the old and how maybe they make excuses for themselves let us look at the life of abraham abraham was old when he was given his greatest test and he did not make age an excuse as to why he would not do what god asked him to do reading from the book the retirement years page 67 we are told i have heard those who have been in the faith for years say that they used to be able to endure trial and difficulty but since the infirmities of age began to press upon them they had been greatly distressed when brought under discipline what does this mean does it mean that jesus has ceased to be your savior does it mean that when you are old and gray-headed you are privileged to display unholy passion think of this you should use your reasoning powers in this matter as you do in temporal things you should deny self and make your service to God the first business of your life. 
you must not permit anything to disturb your peace. There is no need of it. There must be a constant growth, a constant progress in life. Christ is the ladder that Jacob saw, whose base rests upon the earth and whose topmost round reaches into the highest heavens. Round and round after round, you must mount this ladder until you reach the everlasting kingdom. There is no excuse for becoming more like Satan, more like human nature. God has set before us the height of the Christian's privilege and it is to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye may might be filled with all the fullness of God. Ephesians 3 verse 16 to 19. Amen. This is what we are to understand. Let us learn not to make old age a reason for manifesting evil characters and evil passions and claiming that it is because of our age. The Lord will not excuse us. I was talking about Abraham now, reading from Testimonies, Volume 4, page 144 and 145. We are told Abraham was an old man when he received a startling command from God to offer up his son Isaac for a burnt offering. Abraham was considered an old man, even in his generation. The ardor of his youth had faded away. It was no longer easy for him to endure hardships and brave dangers. In the vigor of youth, man may breast the storm with a proud consciousness of strength and rise above discouragements that would cause his heart to fail later in life, when his steps are faltering towards the grave. But in his providence, God reserved his last, most trying test for Abraham, until the burden of years was heavy upon him, and he longed for rest from anxiety and toil. The Lord spoke unto him, saying, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and offer him for a burnt offering. The heart of the old man stood still with horror. The loss of such a son by disease would have been most heart-rending to the fond father. It would have bowed his whitened head with sorrow. But now he is commanded to shed the precious blood of that son with his own hand. It seemed to him a fearful impossibility. Yet God had spoken and his word must be obeyed. Abraham was stricken in years, but this did not excuse him from duty. He grasped the staff of faith and in dumb agony took by the hand his child, beautiful in the rosy health of youth, and went out to obey the word of God. The grand old patriarch was human. His passions and attachments were like ours, and he loved his boy who was the solace of his old age, and to whom the promise of the Lord had been given. But Abraham did not stop to question how God's promises could be fulfilled if Isaac were slain. He did not stay to reason with his aching heart, but carried out the divine command to the very letter, till just as the knife was about to be plunged into the quivering flesh of the child, the word came, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, for now I know that thou fearest God. Seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. This great act of faith is penciled on the pages of sacred history.
to shine forth upon the world as an illustrious example to the end of time. Abraham did not plead that his old age should excuse him from obeying God. He did not say, My hairs are grey, the vigour of my manhood is gone, who will comfort my waning life when Isaac is no more? How can an aged father spill the blood of an only son? No, God had spoken and man must obey without questioning, murmuring or fainting by the way. We need the faith of Abraham in our churches today to lighten the darkness that gathers around them, shutting out the sweet sunlight of God's love and dwarfing spiritual growth. Age will never excuse us from obeying God. Our faith should be prolific of good works, for faith without works is dead. Every duty performed, every sacrifice made in the name of Jesus brings an exceeding great reward. In the very act of duty, God speaks and gives his blessing, but he requires of us an entire surrender of the faculties, the mind and heart, the whole being must be given to him or we fall short of becoming true Christians." End of quote. What a read this was. The lesson that we're trying to pass is all contained in this reading and the story of Abraham. Do you know that the Lord could reserve his greatest test for you when you are old? We are talking about John the Beloved and how the Lord used him. He wrote the book of Revelation. He also, while he was in Patmos, made friends and preached the word of God, though he was tricking and old. But I would say even before that, this old man was thrown into a cauldron of boiling oil. Was that not a test? Did John say, oh Lord, but I'm too old. Why will you allow this to happen to me? It was a test. The highest test for John the Beloved was reserved to his old age. And so was it for Abraham. And so it may be for me and for you. The Lord may require you to make the greatest sacrifice in your old age. And that was how it was for Abraham. He was not supposed to go to retirement and feel that now was a time for ease. It was no time for ease for Abraham. He was supposed to be on guard with his armor on. Frequently, we see so many old people breaking rules thinking that because they are old, it is an excuse. They break the Sabbath. They break many rules in speaking. When they speak to people, they insult people. They speak derogatorily to others, not caring that these things are penciled against them in the books of heaven. We are not excused by our old age to sin against God or to relax our efforts or to, or to think that laws that are, uh, apply to others does not apply to us. That is the lesson. Now, nevertheless, this does not mean that the aged are to overwork themselves and take upon themselves that which is beyond their strength or which belongs to the people of a younger age. So, while we may bear tests, that's the, that's the case for us. Every time till we are old, we will be tested. And apart from tests, like we see in the life of John the Beloved, there is still work to do, missionary work to help those who are in sin and bring them out of darkness into light. But that doesn't mean now that the work of the aged is supposed to be similar to that of the young. Reading Evangelism, page 71 and 72, we are told, feeble or aged men and women should not be sent to labor in unhealthful, crowded cities. Let them labor where their lives will not be needlessly sacrificed. 
Our brethren who bring the truth to the cities must not be obliged to imperil their health in the noise and bustle and confusion if retired places can be secured. End of quote. So what does that tell us? There's work to do in the cities, but that work is to be left for the younger people. The old may not be able to bear the hazards that come with doing the work in the crowded areas and the cities. And going to retired places is the best, but yet while there, there's still work to do. Speaking to a certain brother, Brother Haskell, who had an issue too when he was old because there's one problem that old people may have, feeling neglected, feeling like nobody appreciates them, feeling like people are not carrying them along. We should be careful when we are old that we don't feel that way. So speaking to Brother Haskell, the Spirit of Progress, he writes now, Brother Haskell, this is from retire- the Retirement Years, page 72 and 73. Now, Brother Haskell, I suppose that you are in California and that you will find much work to do. I hope that health will be granted to you, but be careful not to overwork. You know that your head will not bear much perplexity. Therefore, shun this and do not load down with responsibilities as others should carry. If your brethren seek to save you from overwork, do not mistrust their efforts. Do not think that it is because they have not confidence in you that they put some of the responsibilities upon others, for this will make you wretched. Think it no evil is one of the blessed attributes of Jesus Christ. Beware of Satan's devices. Nothing can weaken and unbalance the human mind like brooding over supposed wrongs, thinking that you are not appreciated. I greatly desire that you shall have a trustful mind, that you shall not depend upon your past confidence in God, but have a present, fresh faith and maintain your confidence without wavering. Never, never feel the slightest disturbance because the Lord is raising up youth to lift and carry the heavier burdens and proclaim the message of truth. End of quote. So that's a temptation that comes with old age where you start to feel neglected or feel like people are looking down on you and the good deeds that people are trying to do for you, you start to suspect them of evil. Or you may suspect, oh, when somebody's trying to help you do something, oh, you think, oh, these people are suspecting me that I'm a thief. These people are suspecting me that I am... I'm incapable of doing this work and then you start to struggle with those who are younger feeling like oh they have they have insulted you they have disrespected you just because they tried to help you do a particular work or if you feel don't feel insulted you start to think oh maybe they are suspecting me of this or of that that's why they're trying to help me do this work I've seen people who are aged do this and it is very painful for those who are younger to see this happen just maybe a young person passed by the old person and then even just to spit because that's the one I saw maybe this young, this young person just spat on the floor because he had some cough and this older person felt oh that means I'm very obnoxious to this person I'm irritating to this person that's why she spat on the floor and then started to brood evil in the heart towards this young person just because of a spit those who are aged should not burden themselves with such kind of evil thinking. Part of the characters of Christ, like we read, is thinketh no evil. Be careful to stop brooding and thinking evil in your heart. It's frequently the case that the aged have the, has that problem. They misinterpret good acts of people so negatively 
that they begin to alienate themselves and that thing which they suspect eventually come out but it was not there before but the suspicion of the younger becomes so terrible that the younger person just wants to separate themselves and then they say that's what i said that's what i said but it's not it's not the case it's because they couldn't stay comfortably around you because of the suspicions and evil surmisings so those who are aged should understand that this is not of christ to keep having these evil surmisings in the heart speaking to another couple that was old in retirement yes page 68 paragraph 4 the spirit of prophecy says you will certainly be disappointed if you carry out the plans you have in mind because this couple they wanted to leave a particular environment because they felt all oh, these young people are not appreciating me and then she said to the spirit of prophecy says to them you cherish the idea that you are not appreciated where you are i ask you to put away this impression lay off this supposed responsibility to do missionary work in another field you have reason to be thankful for the health and strength that is given you but if you permit yourselves to be unhappy you disqualify yourselves for the missionary work that you might do at home you can be a blessing to each other and to those about you be cheerful and happy right where you are cultivate the peace of god in your hearts do not be discouraged but let your words be such as to inspire hope and, ch- and good cheer and your influence be of a character to uplift may the lord bless and uh, bless you and guide you is my prayer end of quote amen so these are dangers that the aged should avoid but then what work can the aged do we can just look at the writings of john and we would understand what work the aged can do in the first letter of john the beginning of that letter first john chapter 1 reading from verse 1 to 4 it tells us something that the age can do john wrote that which was from the beginning which we have heard which we have seen with our eyes which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life for the life was manifested and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the father and was manifested unto us He's not saying it was manifested unto you, unto us. Who is he referring to? He's referring to himself. And he continues to say, That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you. Who is the you? They are fellow Christians like himself. Who is the we? It's not everybody he's referring to. He's talking about his personal experience. He's saying that which we have seen. He's talking about we who are aged. We who were the apostles. We who walked and talked and touched Jesus. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. Amen. What is it that John is doing here? He is taking out from his experience, writing it down and sharing it with the younger people. When you read the book of 1 John, you see that he is writing mostly to the young. 1 John 2 verse 1, he says, My little children. Do you see that he usually separates little children, young men and fathers? So, when you hear him say little children, he really means little children. Little children are younger people, teenagers, young ones. And then we have the men who are maybe in their 30s down to 40s like that, to 50s. And then he goes to the fathers. He separates them. When you read the book of First John chapter 2, from verse 12 to 14, you will see the division I'm talking about. So, he was writing to these people, sharing his experiences with them. And this is a work that the old aged can do. 
tell the young that which you have seen, that which you have heard, that which you have handled of the word of life, of the battles lost, the victories won, the mistakes made. And the younger are not to think that because they know of the mistakes of the older, because they witnessed sometime when they fell, therefore they are not to respect them. For that would be a very big disrespect and I'll call it foolishness in the young to think that just because an old person you know that in his past maybe he was an adulterer or you heard of one secret sin that the man committed or because you know that he had some blot in his life in the past and then you think you disrespect the person or you think that because of that he's not worthy to advise you who else is worthy to advise you than those who have walked through that broad way and have come out of it and they they know every nook and cranny of it and are telling you this is that which we have seen and heard do not walk this way like solomon did or like john who have tasted of the goodness of the lord since he was a young man and now he's older and he's giving advice that is what we must learn to listen and the aged can do a work like this they are not to neglect the young but to try to see how they can guide them like i said he spoke to the younger and he told them my little children these things write i unto you that you see not and he knowing very well that there will be times when the young will fall he then told them and if any man sin we have an advocate with the father jesus christ the righteous again he calls them brethren in first john 2 verse 7 he says brethren i write no new commandment unto you but an old commandment which you have heard from the beginning the old commandment is that which you have heard is the word which you have heard from the beginning and then he counsels the young first john 2 verse 15 to 17 very important counsel here love not the world neither the things that are in the world if any man love the world the love of the father is not in him for all that is in the world the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father but is of the world and the world passeth away and the lust thereof but he that doeth the will of the of of god abideth forever once again in verse 18 he addresses them as little children he says it is the last time and as you have heard that antichrist shall come even now are they many antichrist whereby we know that is the last time he warns them about false christians he says they went out from us but they were not of us for if they had been of us they would no doubt have continued with us but they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us in verse 28 he then says and now again he addresses them little children very important instruction here abide in him that when he shall appear we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming if you know that he is righteous you know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him so this instruction here about abiding in christ have you noticed that it is only john who talks about it in the book of john first john also you see him talking about it abide in christ that is the secret to the divine life constant abiding in christ he says in chapter 3 verse 6 of first john whosoever abideth in him sinneth not whosoever sinneth had not seen him neither known him little children let no man deceive you he that doeth righteousness is righteous even as he is righteous and in verse 18 of first john 3 again he says my little children let us not love in word neither in tongue 
but in deed and in truth. And then he warns them concerning the apostasy that was going to come in the church and false teachers. First John 4 verse 1 and 2. Beloved is what he calls them this time. Not little children but beloved. Believe not every spirit but try the spirits whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus is Christ is come in the flesh. And he addresses them as beloved again in, in verse 7. Let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. You see, these instructions given by John to the church, especially to those he called little children, the young who were still growing up, shows us what the aged can do. Like we read in the devotion, Reading from Conflict and Courage, page 363, paragraph 5. As those who have spent their lives in the service of Christ draw near to the close of their earthly ministry, they will be impressed by the Holy Spirit to recount the experiences they have had in connection with the work of God. The record of his wonderful dealings with his people, of his great goodness in delivering them from trial, should be repeated to those newly come to the faith. God desires the old and tried laborers to stand in their place doing their part to save men and women from being swept downward by the mighty current of evil. He desires them to keep the armor on till he bids them lay down." End of quote. What was it John was doing? Exactly what we just read, recounting the experiences of the past and also playing a part to save men and women so that they are not swept by the mighty current of evil. And that is what prompted the council where John said, love not the world. He was keeping them from being swept by the mighty current of evil that was coming. And the final words in that chapter, in that book of 1 John, is also filled with meaning. 1 John 5 verse 21. To end the letter, John said, Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. How important is that instruction to us today from one who was an aged man? He saw it fit to say, Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Do you know how to keep yourself from idols? It's very important to study that because there are many things, whatever it is, that takes the place of God in our minds, that thing becomes an idol to us. And that's why it's an important instruction given to us from this aged apostle. Keep yourselves from idols. It doesn't have to be something physically constructed. It can be your, your ideas. Some people make idols out of their ideas and we must be careful not to walk in that direction. Here in all that we have looked at is what the aged can do while they are old. The Lord still has a work for you. If you are old, do not lay down your armor. Your greatest test can come in your old age. God can subject you to the fiercest persecution. Do not lay down your armor. You may be required to make the greatest sacrifice in your old age. Do not lay down your armor. Keep it on. And you may have work to do for people around you when you are old. Do not lay down your armor. Keep the armor on. Let us pray. Our loving Father in heaven, thank you so much for the words that you have given to us today. I pray, Father, for those who are young, that you would help every one of us that we may respect the tried laborers who are old and get lessons from them too. And for those who are aged, Lord, please be their helper, be their strength, 
Whatever work you have for them to do, I pray you supply the strength for it too. Forgive the sins that may have been excused and help, Lord, that like John, like Abraham, they may pass the tests that comes to them in their old age and do the work that you have given them to do. In the infirmities of their body, Lord, I pray you still be with them. Whatever sickness it is they may be passing through, Lord, I pray that you will give them the grace that in spite of that, regardless of it, they can still do work to bring many souls out of darkness into the light of the Lord. Thank you for hearing and answering our prayers. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications, to the voice of my supplications. If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities,
More than they that watch for the morning.